Mike's Daily Podcast. Yes, it's FF episode 2374, 2374. Mike's Daily Podcast. I've been here before, 23,074. No, wait, not here exactly, but I'm telling you something that I'm matter-of-factly telling you that there is this guy I watch all the time and he does this travel video he goes places that's out of sight places all the time he goes to interesting places Mike's Daily Podcast and I enjoy watching it on my flat screen TV cause through Xfinity Mike's for free Daily they give you the flex podcast that little flex box yeah and that allows you to access your YouTube and other, uh, you know, services. Uh, that doesn't cost anything extra. The YouTube, HBO Max does, Disney Plus does, Netflix, all the other things. But just a regular YouTube is, I think Peacock is free too. That's the NBC streaming service. But YouTube, you know, with the ads is free. So I watch this a lot. There are a couple of YouTubers And that's what I'm going to just call them from now on, YouTubers, the people that make stuff for YouTube, which that is a, (laughs) that is not a business model or business plan that I would like. Thankfully, I don't have that many listeners. I don't have a lot of subscribers, but some of these YouTubers have a tremendous amount of downloads or views, subscribers. And they got to keep doing it or they're going to lose them. And I don't know if they make a heck of a lot of money off of it. I've heard the, 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 you know, the money take in the amount, the gross amount varies between what kind of content you put out there. But these travel video people, these travel vlogs, these YouTubers, they got to keep doing it or they become. And here's today's podcast picture. It's a picture of yours truly. And my lovely lady friend recently in Pleasanton. See it at mikesdailypodcast.com. I was actually prepared today. Oh, and the picture from last time with Rodler and Persimmon. That Persimmon is not a real cat. It's one of those cats that you put batteries in it and it looks like it's breathing. Its little lungs goes up and down. So some friends, before we had a cat, some friends gave us this cat. We actually... Still had Basil at the time But it was kind of a joke The late great Basil the Boxer In fact he bit Persimmon's tail He kind of chewed on Persimmon's tail Basil was still alive at the time Couldn't, Didn't know what you know He sniffed it like this looks like a cat Doesn't smell like a cat But it was a joke because my lovely lady friend loves cats And some friends of ours were Oh here I just gave you a cat Have fun with that Mike and there, all of a sudden, there, but it was a fake cat. So that's a, a picture. We, we have Persimmon, and Rodler was sitting next to Persimmon, and there you go. Persimmon's not a real cat. So the thing is, though, with the people that are traveling and making the YouTube videos that I love to watch, and they got to keep doing it because they don't want to become irrelevant. They don't want to lose views. But here's the interesting thing is they I think they get a little bit of a adrenaline high, a little hit, a little, you know, a reward, whatever you want to call it, a little happy 
factor that they're addicted to seeing when they get a lot of views. They like that. It gives them some self-worth. It gives them some reason, I guess, for keep going to keep going. And they love what they do. But the fact that they're popular, I'm sure gives them a lot to keep going on. But what if for some reason YouTube decides to quote deplatform them? Take their platform away. Kick them off. What are they going to do? That's their that they, they've suddenly lost all their followers. YouTube is basically the people with the big game board and they decide what happens. It is their platform and it is their company. And it, like uh, radio stations I've worked for, you know, if if you call in to the radio station, you're going to say something that's offensive that may drive away listeners. Well, the people at the radio station that own the radio station have the right to tell you, no, go away. We don't want you on. But that's interesting to me because their whole business model depends on YouTube existing and YouTube being nice to them. And YouTube keeping them around. They're like those fish that stick onto the whale as it's swimming along and they eat all the little stuff that collects on the whale's skin. They are that. <laughs> I don't know if these YouTubers would appreciate me saying that, but that's basically what they are depending on. I have the podcast on several platforms. If YouTube suddenly disappeared one day, I would have all these other platforms. And this has happened. There was a website that I used to, when I first started podcasting in 2009, it was called mypodcast.com. Well, one day my podcast disappeared and all those podcasts I'd uploaded disappeared. And I said, ooh, I got to diversify. I got to have a lot of different areas that I upload my podcast to. So I've got my own website, mikesdailypodcast.com. I've got all these platforms. You just go to mikesdailypodcast.com. You'll see all the places that you can listen to the podcast. But this also happened. What was that other service that just suddenly vanished? And all my podcasts disappeared with that. That was some, oh, it was a website. Yes, I used to be on a website called blog.com. And yeah, that's a perfect name for a blogging website. And I actually got, nobody else had it. So what you would do is you would, they basically create a website for you. So you'd come up with like, let's say Mike Matthews.blog.com. And I, I didn't go with that though I went with podcast.blog.com Nobody else had that at the time And I thought, ooh, I'm super, I'm special I'll be easy to find Great way, I'm doing a podcast here People will be able to find it No, blog disappeared Blog.com If you do a search And yours truly is going to do a search right now And it's not blob But blog.com And it Apparently does not There's a blogs.com But I don't see a Ah blog.com Email subscriptions Feed burner Hmm Well there is some kind of a support.blog.com So I guess they exist in some way But 
They kicked everybody off at the time. Oh, create a blog. I guess it does exist. Oh, maybe it's come back. At any rate, there you go. For blogging, remember all the rage of blog? What's a blog? And that really took off in the early O's. And Google got on that with their blogger.com and then later it was blogspot.com. I'm on there. I think it's Mike's podcast. Yeah, there is a Mike's Daily Podcast.blogspot.com. At any rate, so they might get a little criticism from time to time from their viewers. The people that are have a lot of viewers, that have a lot of fans that chime in. I mean, this one travel blogger I watch, he does have well over 100,000 viewers and subscribers. I think something like 400,000. So it's interesting to remember, though, with criticism. Neil Armstrong. Neil Armstrong, the guy that said one small step for man, giant leap for mankind. In 1977, he was at the Sydney Opera House. In Australia to give a talk Someone there referred to a magazine article In which supposedly Armstrong Had said in jest That he didn't exercise Because he thought everyone had set Had a set number of heartbeats And he'd rather not waste any Armstrong then got up to the podium For the talk But said he first wanted to clarify something Then he took off his jacket Dropped to the floor for 20 push-ups And started his speech No one is immune to criticism Not even the first human to set foot on the moon So even he didn't like it Criticism is a judgment of another's work Typically Being that it's criticism It's an unfavorable ruling The word criticism has other siblings And word cousins That essentially represent the same concept The word review is a diet version of criticism While the word critique Is a more sophisticated form Criticism cloaked in posh clothing This according to Partably Partably.com Partably.com Not blogs Or blog.com Why develop the ability to take criticism? The only way to avoid criticism Is to do nothing and go nowhere Since that's rather hard to achieve The next best bet is to make the best of what we have To figure out how to take criticism well The the ability to accept criticism And this is important Especially from the right sources Is a huge stepping stone to personal growth Without this feedback loop You'll keep doing what you've always done Without any improvement While driving yourself and others around you insane Did you know there's a Pulitzer Prize for criticism? There are critics in almost every industry Movie critics, art critics, book critics, food critics It sure takes, and podcast critics as I talked about recently It sure takes some level of self-confidence To have a career solely commenting on another's work How does one even make that a career choice? These professional critics have to get out of their glass houses before they start throwing stones. They don't just spout random insults, but instead are expertly trained in techniques on how to critique correctly. So, 
borrowing from the top three of the pro techniques that they use. Target the action, not the person. Make the criticism impersonal. If you're unhappy with a design project, don't call someone a bad designer. If you redirect the criticism to the bad design instead of the designer, you stand a a chance of being heard. Follow SMART goals principles. S-M-A-R-T. Specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and timely. Be very specific and offer criticism only if it's relevant and can be implemented achievably by the recipient. Yelling at the customer service representative at the store because the store closing hours do not appeal to you isn't going to help you or help them. Your criticism is not relevant to the store clerk and not achievable since they don't have the power to change store hours. Also, offer criticism in a timely manner. No point going on a tirade at a subordinate today for a report that was late last month. The subordinate's chance to rectify the issue has long passed. So other than feeling like you're somehow superior, you don't achieve much. Use the hamburger method. Just like buns on either side flank the meat in the hamburger, cushion your criticism, the meat, between other positive and encouraging messages. That's the buns. The recipient will still taste the meat, but it won't be as stark and raw. Veggie burgers too can be used in this example. So how do you take criticism well? Take five. Yes, no one likes to be told that they're not doing a good job or that it could have been done better. Our egos are fragile. The first thing to do in receiving criticism is to acknowledge the criticism, but then give yourself a break before you form a reaction. Allow the criticism to to sink in and give yourself some space and time to figure out how you feel about it. Maybe it's not as bad as it sounds, or perhaps it's unwarranted. Maybe the source of the criticism is ridiculous and you shouldn't even pay attention to them. How would you know if you haven't even processed the comments? Acknowledging the criticism with an okay or a thanks and then take a break. Go for a walk. Talk about other things. Anything. Do not dwell on the criticism. This is much easier when you're not face to face with someone, but even then it's still possible to pause and reflect. Change the conversation Talk about the weather Listen Really listen If people take the trouble To criticize you There may be some Nugget of wisdom in it Especially if the criticism Is constructive Think of it as Free advice One you don't pay for But one that will help you Get better in the long run Avoid And this is tough for me Really tough Getting defensive Avoid it If you keep insisting you are right and the other person keeps pointing out flaws, you both are essentially walking around in circles and asking who's following whom, this game can last forever. Stop the cycle. Instead of of defending your actions... Oh, by the way, speaking of sources, if your source is a troll, yeah, automatically you can just disregard. Instead of defending your actions, reflect on what's causing the difference of opinion. There may be a growth opportunity right there. 
Some critics tend to be petulant children. You can argue and reason with them, but you are wasting your time. Filter the trolls out. They are not worth your time. If there's nothing positive to be gleaned from the experience, ignore the criticism and walk away. But be grateful for criticism. Counterintuitive as it sounds, we ought to be grateful to have people in our life that disagree with us. Having sycophants who flatter us every step of the way is a surefire way to end up in a delusional hell. It helps to remember that some people who offer positive criticism are interested in your welfare. There you go. This is fantastic. I think. <laughs> I that's I got I'm not giving them criticism. I'm giving them praise. They're at partibly.com. Thank you for that from their article How to Take Criticism Well, also how to be a good critic. Partibly P A R T A B L Y dot com. Now, something else I wanted to bring up because this is a podcast about trying to be helpful to people and, you know, give you some helpful thoughts and advice. And oblogs.com is powered by Bluehost. Tell your story your way. Huh. And then blog.com. I am I know I know I'm fixated on this But I guess it allows you To create a blog Let's see Huh It says Nope Oh it wants you to sign in So I guess you have to Pay for it Interesting I, I, I guess they're not affiliated With the people that I used At one time that I got deplatformed from. A lot of people I know are dealing with back pain these days. You perhaps have at some point. There are a couple of tips I wanted to throw at you from webmd.com. Yes, the website that people go to when they don't want to see a doctor, when they don't want to spend all that time or money. It's really all about money. But avoid bed rest. This is to help you with your back and avoiding back pain. Studies show that lying down too much can slow recovery and raise the pain of back pain. Move. You may not want to move when you're in pain, but it's important to do as much as you can handle. Most back pain isn't serious, according to WebMD.com, even if it may be painful. So not being afraid of motion and continuing to move despite the pain is something that's really important. Walking is a good choice you can do on your own. You can also work with a physical therapist to learn how to spot dangerous levels of pain and which moves are best for you. Consult a doctor, of course, before any of this. Pay attention to the way you hold your back when you sit. Keep good posture. Pay attention to the way you stand or walk or sleep. Or what other postures you do Day-to-day activities Good posture is when all the bones in your spine Are correctly aligned Poor posture can leave your back stiff and tense Don't sit up in your bed Hunched over your laptop That's a surefire recipe for back 
pain over time. If you must sit for a long time, use cushioned chairs. Hard seats won't support your back and may prevent you from sitting up straight. Use a comfortable desk and chair if you need them while working. General tips for good posture include keep your feet shoulder width apart. Tuck your stomach in while you're standing. If you're standing for too long, regularly shift your weight from one foot to the other and from your toes to your heels. Roll your shoulders back and let your arms hang naturally on the sides of your body. And finally, relax. Back pain can be linked to stress, tension, and other non-physical problems. Massages, acupuncture may help in loosen muscles, yoga, meditation, and other mindfulness practices may help lift your mood, stretch your muscles, and make you relax so you can better manage your back pain. There's some ideas. Consult your doctor. Some quick news. As we're outside a cafe anyway, somewhere in Podcastro Valley to in the last place on earth with Mike Matthews, some quick news. Once the biggest iceberg in the world was found to release over 167 billion tons of fresh water during a three-month period and nearly 1 trillion tons in its lifespan, which could have a profound effect on wildlife, an iceberg bigger than Delaware. It's called the A68A iceberg. It was part of the Larsen Sea ice shelf on the Antarctica Peninsula. It broke off July of 2017. At the time, it was the biggest iceberg on Earth. However, when it broke off, it began to drift across the Southern Ocean. In December of 2020, the iceberg began to approach South Georgia Island, which is off the Argentina coast, about 1,000 miles off the coast. The island is home to many wildlife. The iceberg broke apart just before it could have hit the seabed. A collision could have seriously damaged the island's ecosystem and have killed a lot of wildlife. And they said the team found it released uh, all this uh, fresh water around the island in a three-month period. Enough water to fill 61 million Olympic-sized swimming pools. This according to Yahoo.com. And finally, Adele has apologized to fans over FaceTime for rescheduling Las Vegas residency. Yes, she's very popular. She's got that song Easy On Me that's really big. Broke all kinds of records. She's 33. She has rescheduled her weekends with it. And I tell you that because, of course, she names all her albums after her age. At the time of when she releases the album She's rescheduled her weekends with Adele's shows She chatted with a group of fans Gathered at the Coliseum at Caesars Palace Where her first show would have taken place This past Friday She reached out to fans herself To apologize for the late minute cancellation Which came just one day before her first show was scheduled She said that during the call She would give them free merchandise and offered meet and greets when her residency eventually returns. Okay. And there was some kind of anti-vax walk today 
walk on the Capitol, I think, something in Washington, D.C. Wow. Yes. Yours truly gets his booster tomorrow. (laughs) And no, I have never done heroin. And I'm not addicted to needles. I just think it's kind of like you need to be smart in this world, in this crazy world in which we live. And I'm not going to get any kind of genetic therapy. So just calm down. And speaking of calming down, I am going to be very, very busy next week. I am going to be filling in for somebody at work who does a lot of the uh, production of commercials and programs and shows that we play on the radio, and I'm basically filling in for him for an entire week. So, yours truly will be quite busy. I don't know if I'll be able to keep the podcast daily. I've been doing it daily now for quite a few days, but this is going to be quite a big interruption. So... I would like to tell you, be patient. I'll have another podcast for you soon. Perhaps this would be a good time to go back and listen to past podcasts. I have done 2,374 of them, so you've got lots to listen to and lots to learn. As do I. But if you'd like to chime in about anything we covered today, 336MM daily, 3 plus 3 equals 6MM as in Mike Matthews daily, as in what this podcast tries to be. Look who's here. Hello, Michael Matthews, Madame Brudebega, and I don't have any back pain right now. Oh! Uh, another thing is just keeping in shape and, you know, trying to keep in shape. And st- I've heard that doing stomach uh, exercise, but you have to be careful. You have to really look into that because you can actually cause more problems with your back with some of the exercises people do. I know I did that to myself when I was younger, so... Yes, Michael Masters, that's fascinating. Do you like to do sit-ups? Yes. Do you like to do pull-ups? Yes. Do you like to eat pull-ups? No. Do you know what those are? No. Those are those little things that used to be made out of yogurt, and they were like in a little cylinder, and you'd push it up because there was a stick underneath it. Your kids, as kids, we ate a bunch of them. Look who else is here. Hello, dear Mike. This is Valentino, the parking attendant. And this is Bison Bentley. Do you know that? Mike, you're making a big mistake getting that booster shot, dear. Yeah, booster shot. Do you know that? How many times have you guys had COVID? 18. Yeah, 18 times. Do you know that? I didn't know that was possible, but okay. Well, as long as uh, you're okay, I guess that's fine. Next show, it'll be the wonderful Shelly Shuhart, Floyd the Floorman, and John Deere the Engineer. Did you like my Kermit sigh? <clears throat> is that what that is? A Kermit sigh? <clears throat> Something. <laughs> he used to do that. He'd do it with uh, Miss Piggy would get him flustered. Speaking of flustered, if you want to uh, hear, not necessarily see, I guess see in your mind's eye. Use your imagination. Uh, how flustered I got on the last podcast. I got quite flustered about a certain situation that I found myself in. And if you want more info about that, you can go back and listen to the last podcast. I mentioned that I would give uh, some more details. I would go into more detail about the situation. But that I would do it at a later date. And actually, what I will do instead of giving the details at a later date, I will give them to you if you ask for them. 
but you got to call and leave a message at Cafe Anyway. And the number is 336-MM-DAILY. 3 plus 3 equals 6. MM as in Mike Matthews. Daily as in what this podcast has in its name, Mike's Daily Podcast. Or for other ways to reach me, here is a frame. Mike's Daily Podcast is written and produced and performed by Mike Matthews. His podcast is super easy to find. Download or listen to his show and read his blog at mikesdailypodcast.com. Email Mike now at mikesdailypodcast at gmail.com. See you tomorrow. Bye.